Well, this is kind of a continuation, partially from a week ago on Sunday when I spoke. And uh, so if you have not, well, if you weren't in the service, you haven't heard the message yet because it's not up online yet. So I would suggest that you listen to it, not because I spoke it, but it was God's word. And it was good. It was God's word. God's word is always good. But sometimes there's some things that are, you just feel are really special. And I never felt any special anointing or anything. It was just God speaking his word. But you know, when God speaks his word, it sets the captives free if we'll listen and obey what he says, right? So tonight I've entitled it Catching Fish. So uh, if any of you were here, you know where we're kind of going to. We're going to Luke, the fifth chapter. I'm just going to read the the text that we spoke from that Sunday because I just want to bring out a couple little things that we didn't touch on. So our main verse was verse 4 and 5, but we're going to start at 1 and read on down through. So Luke chapter 5, verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. Notice they were pressing in. They wanted to hear the word that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And they sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. 
There's so much in this passage of scripture. And I taught a lot on it, you know, a week ago on Sunday. And you can just keep reading it and gleaning from it and gleaning from it. So, I, you know, I don't want to repeat everything I had spoken on because there's some other scriptures I'm going to go to. But I entitled this Catching Fish because these fishermen, all their lives have been catching fish, but Jesus turned around and took them from what they had been doing, what they were used to, and now he says, you're going to catch men. You're going to catch men. And so that's the great commission that we have now that God said, Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Bring people into the kingdom, right? That's what we're supposed to be doing. Now here, they had skills and a natural ability to catch fish but even with all their laboring all day and all, you know, all night, they didn't catch anything. But Jesus, who knows all things, knew where the fish were. Well, I heard one minister say, when Jesus calls the fish, they have to come. <laughs> if he said to go out in the deep, Every fish in that ocean was coming, man. <laughs> so whether that's true or not, I don't know. But they got a haul. It was so much that they were so abundantly blessed, both ships were sinking. Now you talk about a large catch, a fish. And basically, that was the catch that put them out of business. <laughs> because they forsook all and followed Jesus, right? Everything they had needed, we we're talking about, Diana was talking about the abundance coming in. It came in. And just a little hint. If God asks you to do something and use something of yours, he will not be, well, there's a term, he'll not be beholden unto you. Have you heard that term before? In other words, you, nobody's going to owe him anything. He's going to pay for what he uses and what he does. He borrowed Simon Peter's boat. And guess what? He paid for it more abundantly. Amen? So never be afraid if God's asking you to give up something. Because he's going to multiply it, right? And we, we try to hang on. Oh, my security is in my retirement. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have no retirement. <laughs> you know, well, praise God. He's taking care of me anyway. <laughs> You know, sometimes people work all their lives and they have all their securities and 
all their 401ks and everything, and then the bottom falls out of everything and they have nothing. <laughs> and so all their life they've held on, held on, and held on to this. I'm making my nest egg. Whereas if God's asking you, just give me that nest egg. Let's see what I can do with it. Woo! Well, there's the example with Simon Peter and his boat. Just think about that. Whenever you think that you've got to give up something, think about Peter's boat. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> So he told them, don't be afraid. And this is a limiting factor on a lot of people. A lot of people sharing the gospel, speaking to their neighbor, afraid. Why? Because we're, so much pressure is put on us by the world. Oh, that religious stuff, you keep at home. Oh, church and state. Don't mix. You know, all the pressures. Well, God tells us not to be afraid, right? Our next verses is going to be Matthew, the ninth chapter. And verse 35. 35 through 38. And if you can see Jesus' heart, It'll change your attitude. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. He was doing what he's told us to do, right? Just keep going, keep preaching, keep doing but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. I want you to grasp that. He looked on them with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. When he saw all the people, saw their needs, saw what was out there, his heart just was full of compassion. And that's what we're to have, you know. We say love, we're supposed to love one another, but you know love is used so loosely that sometimes we don't really get the meaning of love. And if we say the word compassion, it was tender towards the people. It was going out. It was, he, want, he was reaching out. He was wanting to help them. He wanted to do something for them. They were coming to him, looking to him with hope in their eyes and desiring that he do something for them. And, you know, he was limited as a man on the earth. He could only do so much. 
And then when they press in on him, he's just one man. You can get smothered very easily with a crowd, right? And so a lot of times he'd have to pull away. Like with Peter, he got in the boat and said, launch out, you know, I can talk to them. They can hear me uh, from, a, from a distance. But his compassion was there. So he said, pray that God will send harvesters out. Well, now I have a question here. Where is he going to get the harvesters? Who is going to harvest for him? Are we going to be just comfortable sitting in our little houses? Or are we going to be bold and go speak to our neighbor? Or are we going to speak to somebody at work? Where is he going to get the harvesters? All he has to choose from is us. Right? And, you know, when you get to be my age, you start thinking, well, I'm getting kind of old. What can I do, Lord? How much more can I do? And he's saying, what? I heard someone say, well, Jesus only had three years. He, his ministry was only three years. Do you have three more years? Well, none of us knows what we have. But are we willing to give what we have? So where is he going to get the harvesters? He says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Did he single out certain individuals? No, he was speaking to all of us. But what keeps us from going? Well, a lot of times fear... Fear just causes timidity, right? Timidity. People, prevents people from being bold or causes them to hold back. Start reasoning. We were talking about reasoning. We're going to reason this out. Now, if I say this, they might respond this way. I just can't take a chance. That might ruin my relationship with them. And then... I won't have a good neighbor. They'll be mad at me. Uh, they won't want to talk to me anymore. Um, you know, we, our minds are full of stuff. We put all kinds of stuff in our minds when we start reasoning. But I want you to turn to 2 Timothy, the first chapter. This is a chapter. These are verses that need to be revealed to each and every one of us. Verse 6 and verse 7, Paul was writing to Timothy, and I kind of get the idea that Timothy, well, he was young, and I think he was kind of timid. It sounded like it. But Paul was saying to him, Therefore, I remind you, to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
but of power and love and of a sound mind. And he was saying, stir up that gift that's in us. Well, what gift is it that's in us? Yeah, each one of us might have different giftings, but we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? And I believe Paul was saying, stir up that Holy Spirit that's in you. All you have to do is start talking about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit can do and, and uh, you know, all these things. That, and that the Holy Spirit lives and dwells within me. And Jesus said that I could do the same thing that he did. And if I lay my hands on the sick, they will recover. Well, you start talking to yourself like that, and pretty soon you get stirred up. And you're saying, where's somebody I can put my hands on? <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Sometimes a husband and wife can be in bed together, and the one sleeping, I'm putting hands on you in Jesus. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, praise God. <laughs> Or maybe you've got a friend that you keep on trying to help, you know. They're always coming to you. Let me lay my hands on you. <laughs> we'll take care of that devil. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> but you see, each one of us has that Holy Spirit. So whenever we're feeling fear, is that the Holy Spirit? It can't be. If we're intimidated, who are we worried about? Ourself? We get so caught up in what people are going to think about us. Well, I know when I first started speaking, and these would shake, you know, you just kind of like, what are they going to think? Is this right? Is this right? Is this Now, well, I guess my hair just isn't flipping right. Oh, well, <laughs> it's the new look. <clears throat> but you know what? It's very freeing if we can get our eyes off of ourselves and, and just let the Lord use us. So what? So what if we make a mistake or <clears throat> I have to clear my throat? God can speak through this voice no matter what it sounds like. Amen? And each one of us can receive what God has to say. It doesn't matter the package it comes through. But if we will honor God and listen to the word of God that comes through his messengers we will be abundantly blessed more than we could ever think of. Hallelujah. And just remember, he does not give us that spirit of fear, but of power, love, that's that compassion, and a sound mind. It, you know, sometimes you just have to tell your mind, you stop thinking all those things. I have a sound mind. God gave me a sound mind. And I choose to have a sound mind. <clears throat> so what do you do when you're 
threatened and you're feeling feeling like overwhelmed. Well, I'm going to take us to Acts chapter 4. This is what Peter, let's see, it was Peter and John in Acts chapter 4. Here they healed, healed a guy. And guess who was trying to shut him up? <laughs> the spiritual leaders. Anyway, verses 29 to 31. I'm just going to briefly state that in verse 23, after they'd been threatened, they went to their own company of people and reported everything that the chief priests and elders said to them. Now, after they had discussed all this, then they prayed, and verse 29 says, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. See, they ask that Jesus continue to do the signs, the wonders. And that's what we need to be praying for, that we're seeing signs and wonders. And the report is coming out. But guess what? That's how you catch fish. Right? We're catching fish. They're going to be looking at your lives. Are you living your life holy as unto God? And what do you have on the end of your, your line, your, bit, your uh, hook? You've got to have something there that's going to be tantalizing, for a better word to say. You got a nice big juicy worm on there. I don't know what you use around here, but it's something that to me doesn't look very appealing. But to fish? Well, signs and wonders catch fish. Jesus did it all the time. He went around teaching the word and doing signs and wonders. If you don't have them both, you're not going to catch fish. So we need to be praying for signs and wonders. That's what they did. <clears throat> and then you've got to be ready. Because let's read verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with Boldness. Where they were assembled, let's read it again. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Literally shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Are you ready for the building to shake? Would you like to see that happening? Well, a few things have to happen in order for it to shake, right? 
For one thing, we have to have compassion on the lost, compassion on the sick. We have to bring them to where the Spirit of God is moving. We have to pray. Yes, Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on us. I don't care what it looks like. If it shakes the building, okay, it shakes the building. <laughs> Are you ready for the building to shake? <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know what? Boldness is not concerned about ourselves. When they're bold, when you are bold, you don't care what anyone else thinks. All you care about is what God thinks, what Jesus thinks. You want to catch fish? You want your life to mean something? Is it just going to be a pot of gold? Or is it going to be a catch, a fish for Jesus? Amen? So, just in case there's still any fear around, <laughs> we're going to read Isaiah 54. If I can find it. It's in here somewhere. Isaiah 54, verse 17. We're going to read it first in the New King James Version, and then we're going to do it in the Amplified. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You know, you make yourself a target for the enemy when you're bold and you stand up for the Lord. But no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Let's go to the Amplified. <clears throat> but no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall show to be in the wrong. This peace, righteousness, security, triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Those in whom the ideal servant of the Lord is reproduced. This is the righteousness. This is the righteousness or the vindication which they obtain from me. This is that which I impart to them as their Savior. Justification, says the Lord. <laughs> what a promise. Can you all say amen? Amen. No weapon that's formed to you. God's going to turn it all around. Whatever's coming at you, he's going to turn it around. He will. You can stand on it. This is what the Word of God is telling us. So he's saying, be bold. Go forth and do what? And then the, we had this verse in Revelations in my 
last message. Revelations 12, 10 to 11. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of, <clears throat> of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they, that's us, overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. When you're bold for God, you're not concerned about loving your life. All you're concerned about is fishing. Catching those fish. Bringing them in. God in his goodness brought you in. Somebody spoke the word and you believed. And you're sitting here today because of his compassion to you and to me. <clears throat> so Jesus has already done the hard work, right? Didn't he, he, he went to the cross. He did the hard work. So now we just rest in him and we trust him and listen and do what he says, whatever he tells us. We don't have to think for ourselves even. All we have to do is get in this word, get to know him. He'll speak to you through the word. He's not going to speak to you by some wild-eyed, crazy-looking person that comes along and tells you he's a prophet of God, and so therefore you should do this. Well, yeah, there was a time when God used prophets to speak to the children of Israel. But now... Each one of us has the Spirit of God within us. That's how he speaks to us. And we have to develop that ear. He says, my sheep hear my voice. So we each can hear him. Amen? So in closing, I want us all, we're just going to these, pray these words together that they prayed in Acts chapter 4. Think you can do that with me? We're going to do 29 and 30. <clears throat> and I don't, I'm not going to just read them. You're going to read them with me, right? We're going to declare this, right? This is what we're declaring. You ready? Now, Lord... Look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your Lord, your holy servant, Jesus. Hallelujah.